I'm Ian Dallimore, and this is Digital and Dirt. So no one has ever asked me this yet. You think you can get me a wall to paint? That's awesome. Okay, welcome back, guys. My next guest, she is a wife. She is a mom of two. She has become an avid runner. And if I had to describe this guest, I would describe her as passionate, fierce, and just an all-around badass woman. My guest, Kelly Peppers, CEO of Colossal Media. Hey, Kelly. Ah, uh, well, Ian, okay, so first of all, Did I say your last name wrong? No, no, it's Kelly uh, Peppers. You got it. Okay. You nailed it. Although my husband still is living with the fact that my, my new last name is Marcion, but I never changed it for work Ooh. because you just can't with Kelly Peppers. So we tease him. He's Stevie Peppers in my house. But thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you for the kind words. I'm super grateful. Really excited to talk to you. We're going to walk through Colossal Media. We're going to walk through the importance of being a, like I said, a, just a badass woman and a CEO of, of a very respectable company. But I got this special opportunity to meet Kelly. We traveled around the US. Literally, it was like we were a rock star band. It was an interactive company. It was a billboard company. And it was a, an amazing creative company, which is Colossal Media. So we traveled around the country. We went to San Francisco, San Antonio, Richmond, Portland. And by the end of it, you and I were able to basically present each other's presentations. And we had some very interesting Uber rides. Uh, we had some great conversations. So hopefully my listeners get to learn a little bit more about you. Thank you. Ian literally became my best friend because I can do a lot of things, but I can't do technology. So it's like, Ian, you have to set up my computer for me. I was having near panic attacks and, and you saved me every time, Ian. That's right. I'm good for something. I know what a USB cord is. So let's jump right in. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit how you got started to your current role? Yeah, sure. Of course. So I joined Colossal, you know, shortly after they opened up the doors in 2004. And prior to that, I was in the music industry for a long time. And when I was in the industry, I was itching for something different. I was getting married and just felt like I couldn't keep up with the music industry of life. So I bounced. And then I just jumped around. I was consulting. I did residential real estate in New York City, which is a hustle. And I got lots of interest. Yeah, I have tons of interesting stories for the next podcast. And then I was like, okay, I just need something consistent and stable. And I just started searching around for jobs and saw this ad on Craigslist, funny enough, for this salesperson role at Colossal. And I was like, all right, yeah, why not? So I applied and the founders called me in and I was I was really in love. It, was, it just felt like the perfect home for me because uh, my family background is my father owned a junkyard in Williamsburg. So I had that like very much local family business vibe in my life. And then when my dad retired, he became a painter and successful enough to make a living off of it. So I was like, okay, local business, blue collar, painter. I think I'm meant to be here. Until Adrian offered me the job and it was 30, over 30,000 less than what I was used to making. However, I still still took it. And I tried to fight him on that one. I'll never forget him. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for this because it just felt, it just felt right. And so now here we are over 12 years later um, in the role that I am. And it just, started to happen that I would take on more positions, running the sales team, running the office, and now running the entire company. So again, I I didn't have like an orchestrated blueprint to get me here. It just kind of happened. Yeah. And look for listeners who are in the out-of-home industry. I think everyone, I know every time I see you, I see Colossal. 
And I think that's a testament for what you've done. And, you know, we've talked about leadership on this podcast on other episodes and the willingness of the owners to say, I don't know this side of the business, but more importantly, that's one of the things that has always inspired me about you is you always see a void and you're like, oh, we need this. We need this. So I can imagine the leasing side of the business is a, is a pretty cutthroat, difficult thing. And having two creative guys in charge of it would be quite a mess, huh? Yeah. You know, it's funny again, even with like the leasing side, you know, I'm going through the history of Colossal once we get there, but like we all were just kind of, to be honest, like making it up as we go. Like we didn't, we didn't have industry experts. We didn't have, you know, the, we didn't recruit people from Clear Channel and Lamar and out front and, and all you big guys and girls out there. We just did it ourselves. And so I think that was part of why it was so fun too, is we were just like, damn, this is actually working and we would see our success and it was super exciting. But, you know, to the guys, again, like really grateful for the autonomy that they gave me. That's why I thrived is that, again, back to my roots is that entrepreneurial environment. So now, you know, over 17 years later, that's what I really try to do with the current staff. Like just get out of their way as much as possible, which sometimes is hard when you see things that you want done a certain way and forever learning, but trying to keep that spirit intact. So jumping into that, you being a CEO of a, I would call the hand paint wallscape company. I have two daughters and you haven't met them yet, but you know them via Instagram and social media, Amelie and Ellie, and they're nine. But for me and my wife, it's very important for us, for them to understand, hey, your two brothers, you can do anything. And quite frankly, they can do a lot of things better than their brothers. But more importantly, they can do anything they put their mind to. And, you know, someone like yourself, talk about being a female rising thought leader, because that's what you have been for the last six years or so in the industry and now becoming a CEO. Because I think there's a lot of a lot of females and males that like to see this path. So describe that path for us. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I love this question. No one has ever asked me this yet, surprisingly enough. So. I could talk about this the whole hour. Please do. Anyways, I have a daughter too, and she's going to be nine in November. And she has all the traits to be a great CEO, in my opinion, of what a great CEO should should have. And it's far more than just intelligence, right? So I tell her now, I'm like, Stella, like, I know mom works around the clock, but like, I do this for a reason. And you could be a CEO one day too. So my first bit of advice to like all parents out there is, is give your daughter's confidence at a really young age and expose them to as many opportunities as possible. I didn't have that. I grew up in a really blue collar family. So my parents would say, you're going to be the best teacher one day. And if you're lucky, you'll be a lawyer or a doctor. Cause that's all they knew. They didn't know about advertising or engineering or like the whole plethora of opportunities that females have. They just didn't know. So it took me a little time to catch up understand what kind of career path I wanted. So that's my one bit of advice. And then also I tell my daughter, I tell everybody that I meet, find something that you love and then commit to your craft. And so at Colossal, I was the first female hire and I didn't honestly even notice. And I know that sounds crazy, but I'm just not big on comparing myself to others. And I don't push to be the best female CEO. I push to be the best CEO period. I love that. And so I've always, I just always kind of been that way. Like I just look forward and, you know, I just tried to be extremely competitive. I try to work harder than everybody else and not miss any details. And for me, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, especially in today's world, like we have to carve out 
and more time for our personal life. I'm like, this is my personal life. I love this so much that I never feel like it's work. So another bit of advice I give my daughter is like, so what do you want to do? Like talk about it now. And, and then lastly, you brought this up earlier about as far as like colossal equating to me is work on your personal brand. And this was really hard for me because even though it seems like I'm an extrovert, I'm an introvert. So I would get so worked up when we went on that tour together. I was neurotic. You know, that's why I have my notes and I needed to be perfectly planned. And when I public speak, I get really nervous. But I knew I had to work outside of my comfort zone or I wouldn't achieve what I wanted to achieve. So for me, that was colossal. needed some PR. There was no face in the business. The guys were completely behind the curtain. And I knew I had to do it. So I had to work on my personal brand in order to better the business. And I say that to all the, the ladies and girls out there is just own it. You know, don't be apologetic. You're going to have haters and doubters, but you're not going to win the hearts of everyone. Stay true to what you want to do. You touched on a few points that I love. You you want to be the best CEO, not female CEO. And that's what I've always loved about you. And I'm glad that I was spot on. Sometimes I'm way off on descriptions, but just you've always been so passionate. Even the conversations that you and I have or the texts that you and I have as friends, and you're always just so competitive and fierce about it. And I think that you becoming a CEO of Colossal has paved the way for you know, a lot of women to realize like, hey, it's about me just being the best that I am and being passionate about it. And of course, there's barriers that we as society have overcome tremendously. And so I applaud you. You will definitely be someone that my daughters all say, hey, you can go run a hand paint company when Miss Kelly retires. And 10 years from now, when they're 19, if they want to just fast track and tell them to come on over to New York. I love it. I love it. So let's dive into the history of Colossal. And for our listeners that have no idea who Colossal is, kind of go into some detail. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to start kind of with what we do, because you're right. We haven't really gone there. We're assuming everybody knows who we are, and I hope they do. But if not, we're going to share it with them. So we hand paint only. Our mission is literally always hand paint. And we we wanted to deliver a premium product and do that one thing flawlessly. And so at this point now, we have 85 walls and growing across the U.S. And we sell those walls as traditional media. So there's no hurdles working with us. And we have a shop in L.A. and New York City. I do want to mention that although we are adamant to always hand paint, we are also conscious of the fact that our clients want to see us evolve. So we're kind of always thinking about like, so what can we do that stays true to our core, but to add a little cherry on the top? So mm-hmm. we've launched the studios, which is an in-house creative agency, which is really thriving right now. And we do amplification at the locations like experiential and projection. And uh, most recently, thanks to our brilliant SVP of growth, Ahmad, who we brought on board, who is my complete opposite. And that's why I love him. He is so well-versed in all things digital and mobile that he's been coupling our units with mobile geofencing and clients are absolutely in love. We send a monthly newsletter. I don't like to even say newsletter. It's really an editorial piece. It's fun. It's uplifting. And we sent one on mobile geofencing and the performance of a few campaigns and literally was our most open newsletter. (laughs) So, so that's kind of um, what we do right now and what we do in the future. Again, we'll always be hand paint, but hopefully next year at this time, I can tell you a few new cool things that we have batted on. Awesome. I love that. And what I love about the company and coming from an, an artistic background, my dad was a photographer, my brother owns a gallery in Denver, is I love the fact that you're taking artists and you're telling them that like, hey, I always joke with my brother. I'm like, dude, are you ever going to get paid? 
I know you own the gallery. <laughs> I know you're a great artist, but you're giving them a path. And it's not just about like hiring some artists off the street. Talk to us about how you guys differentiate yourself, uh, specifically the apprenticeship program and just the almost flawless work that you do. Yeah, for sure. And this is something I'm incredibly passionate about because it's the painters are obviously the spirit and the core of our business. And one of the first thing that the guys did was brilliant is they, they created an apprenticeship program. Literally, it's like the college for sign painting. We have a manual. I want to say it can't be duplicated because it's so detail-oriented. I don't know if anybody else has it in them to go as far as we have. And so the guys started that, and the intention was to make sure that hand paint never died in out of home. It died because before Colossal, the work was inconsistent. Correct. You would have a freelancer you know, paint one wall here and a freelancer paint another wall, and the ads wouldn't look the same. So they said, if we create this apprenticeship program under our own roof, we make these painters full-time staff. We hopefully have them for their entire career as a sign painter. We could promise our clients that we will always deliver a consistent premium product. And so hence the apprenticeship program, which is still thriving today. Again, back to always wanting to be better. We constantly evolve it. We've set up the time it takes to go from an apprentice to an expert, which is various different ranks to get you there. And that's one thing we're really proud of, just learning how to be more efficient. And it's it's kind of separated you guys into a unique product. So what a lot of our listeners may see in New York and LA are these just beautifully hand-painted, you know, whether it's a movie or a specific product, but the lifelikeness of the images. I mean, I've seen some of the cool social media stuff where literally the actress or the model standing right in front of it. And it definitely separates yourself and it offers something that, you know, Lamar... 50, 60 years ago, before vinyl came, that's what we had. We had guys in the shop that would go out, sketch on the billboard and go out there and paint and kern and and do all that fun stuff. So we, the industry, love that there's companies out there that are keeping hand paint alive. Maybe talk about a couple of your favorite campaigns. I know that I have some of my favorites within your uh, company. So... Tell her this a little like bit about that. Picking my favorite child, Ian. I'm gonna my get my favorite child is so... Okay, there you go. So that so was pick bold. Yours. So, okay, here we go. I would be kind of leaving out a part of the story if I didn't talk about why these are my favorite clients. Because go back in time as a salesperson at Colossal Media, I had the phone hung up on me more times than it can count by fashion brands. Wow. Because they would say, there's no way you are painting a model. You're just not doing it. It's going to look terrible. Mm-hmm. And so slowly but surely, we started... We would get a couple of people that believed in us, like Barney's and H&M let us paint Madonna and Rihanna. And we started to get noticed that, wow, this team actually delivers. You know, this is flawless. So now we have fashion, our strongest vertical. Like 2018, 2019, it surpassed every other vertical. Took a hit in 2020 because none of us were wearing fancy clothes. We were home. But now it's, it's back again. So some of my favorite clients are the fashion brands because they're so, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, Gucci has been a long-term client of ours. They perm out one of our locations in Soho. It's been coined the Gucci wall. You can go on Google and it's literally ping is the Gucci wall. So that one is absolutely incredible. I think another one of my favorite campaigns, again, just being selfish because I sold it, was Seller Artois. Oh, that's and my favorite that, Same, right? And yeah. because it just, it's funny, I look at the, the over 12 years I've been with the company and there's certain milestones. You know, you have milestones in your life. I have milestones with my partnership with Colossal. And Stella was one of them because it made us realize that 
what we were painting on the wall didn't stop there, that our brands were really benefiting from creating videos and movies and taking the content online. And, and that's what Stella did. They had a microsite where you could check in on the progress of the wall. We made a video with Mother New York, the creative agency, and that video they brought to film festival. So it was a changing point at Colossal Stella, our Colossal campaign. So I forever loved that one. And I can go on and on. There's Snickers, which is also really cool because they called me, BBDL called and said, hey, Cal, I don't really care where the wall is. I just want whatever wall going to film for that. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. And again, it was it was so insane. And so that was another moment where I was like, oh, wow, like the earned impressions, the digital extensions, like this is something that other at-home vendors just can't, it's not authentic. It's not going to work. Nobody cares to see no offense in a digital go live, you know? Yeah, you're not going to stand so, on the side of the interstate. You're just not. Yeah. You're not going to do it. Although they is, do still do that, Kelly, which is bananas, but doesn't have the effect that little, you have. Yeah. Little nuts. You, you'll win in some regards with digital. You guys are, are faster and programmatic. It's great. We know that. But as far as that recall being memorable and filming it and sharing it, we win. We're going to win every time. So. Yeah. Snickers was another one that just blew up on the internet. We painted consistently leading up to the Super Bowl. Uh, Marsha Brady turning into Danny Trejo to say like, you're not you when you're hungry. It was phenomenal. But literally, like I could go on and on because what's cool is that so many of our campaigns kind of have a story to them. They have a soul. They're more than just a campaign. They're like, oh, that campaign for Freeform when there was girls lining up around the block to take their photo in front of it because it was so inspiring. So. Again, it's hard to pick. There's just so many that had such a story to them. You mentioned the company having to pivot and evolve. And that's what I've been most proud about to see. The hand paint's always been flawless and consistent. And it is your y'all's unique niche. But to watch you guys take a medium like social media, and we always talk about it in the industry, like the buzzword is amplification, continue the conversation. But you guys do. You truly do that. And it's something that for New Yorkers you're walking down the street every day and you're kind of seeing these guys up there, which by the way, sometimes in just treacherous hell conditions in the weather. And those are grown men and men and women. Yeah. But it was amazing to watch you to have that aha moment. And maybe it was Snickers where you're like, wait, we can help combine the two social and mobile. We can create unique experiences So kind of touch on that a little bit more. Like how was that first rolled out and how was it accepted and where is it today? Yeah, absolutely. Back to giving your your little ladies advice on how to be anything they want in life. It's seizing opportunities when they're right in front of your face. A lot of people don't do that. You know, the opportunity comes and just kind of floats away, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we started to see how we were sticking with this social extensions and amplification, we bounced. So we made decks and case studies and went and met with all of our clients to talk about it and, and started to do videos for free and see them out there. And we really capitalized on what was happening, honestly, organically. We can't take credit for it, but when it was starting to happen, we moved really fast. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of, again, part of the soul of the company that we see the opportunities. We're always going to be in our minds, the scrappy underdogs and, and those type of people they need to really be open and aware for good things that are happening. And that was one of them. Like, this is yeah. a gold mine. And so now it's just, it's well known by all of our clients. The studios inside of Colossal works on all the videos. We have a team that makes the videos and takes brilliant photography. And our clients place it. So the extensions now are either organic or inorganic. Sometimes just something gets picked up and then it blows up virally. Yeah. 
And so you guys also have a handful of walls that are dedicated just to the arts. I'm a huge Banksy guy, so that one doesn't count. And my brother's been like, hey, you know the CEO? Do you, you think you can get me a wall to paint? I'm like, no, man, this is like, <laughs> yes. big, this is big. Yes, room. I'll hook you up. I yeah. got you. So talk about beyond just advertising, because what you guys are doing, it's not like a billboard in your backyard. It's really cool, amazing art. Even if it is an ad, you guys do a great job of, of making it feel like the neighborhood. But a lot of the work that you guys do, it's non-ad or, or maybe it's sponsored by and you're kind of making the neighborhood beautiful. I've seen a, a couple of them where you had an artist that drew all these native flowers in the neighborhoods in New York and made it a part of the landscape as opposed to this just big brown brick building. Maybe touch on those a little bit. And how yeah, for sure. Well. It's, it's really important to, to always do that no matter how busy you get or how big you get because it's, it's our core identity. So We've always done that. We've, Ian, we've painted all the, you know, the firehouses in New York for free. Nelson Mandela mural to just celebrate his life. And we've always really done it, but we've never done it in a very formal manner. Someone would call and be like, yo, do you want to go paint this gorgeous mural for this cause? He's like, yeah, I'm down. What do we need to be there? Mm -hmm. But we formalized it a little bit in the last year or so. So we started this CSR program, Corporate Social Responsibility Program called Start Today that I'm really proud about. And a part of Start Today is that we coined it represent and then blank. So whatever we're representing, that will be the mural. So we did a represent Stop Agent Hate mural in LA. We did a represent Black Artist mural in New York. So now we're really partnering up with the community and our staff. So we have an in-house committee where we say, "What what do you think we should do? Who should we partner up with? To better the communities around us and and we do it more i would just say in a more organized fashion than in the past it was like we just said yes to everything so now we're trying to really be more strategic about it and we donate a hundred thousand dollars a year to the mural oh wow and our good friend rick robinson that connected us on that tour that i spoke of he always talks about it as the people's space right yeah so what you guys are doing you're really changing the landscape in a positive way and you have impacts, right? So by having Nelson Mandela up there, by having Black History murals that are up there, or even just the beautiful artwork of different artists out there, you may be affecting someone without ever even realizing it, that every day this is their commute to work. They walk down the street and they see this mural and it could have a change and impact on that person's life. And you're not selling a Snickers or a Stella, but you're selling life-changing moments in that consumer's brain unintentionally. Yeah, for sure. You reminded me of, we partnered up with Scholastic and painted this photograph of this college student, this woman, a beautiful, massive photograph that was taken by one of her peers. And we're not big in branding and bragging. So there's no mention of Colossal on the mural. It's just, it is. It's for you. It's our present, right? And now it's been the backdrop on like HBO shows and people call it the Mona Lisa of Williamsburg. Oh, wow. Phenomenal. Your front of the shop is amazing. You're an amazing leader. Shout out to Ahmad. That's my boy. I love him so much. Him and I have sat <laughs> on. He's the most beautiful, well-dressed human that I've ever met. But Funny part- you said that. We were in the office yesterday and he showed up in white pants, Ian. Oh. White pants. He was rocking the white pants. And we debated for quite a few minutes on if that's allowed anymore. And he claims, yes, I take his yeah. advice. Yeah, you can. Look, you can wear white pants after Labor Day, I believe. Apparently. Apparently. Well, he was rocking them hard. Yeah. If anybody can, it would be him. So exactly. the front of the house is amazing, right? But the back of the house, I'm talking baseball terms here, the back of the house team, these guys are just amazing. Tell me how, how do you inspire them? And, and we have to do this at Lamar as well. Like 
you have to inspire the front sales team, but you also have to inspire the people that are posting vinyl. Talk to me a little bit about that. How do you inspire a team when it's snowing out and you have a deadline to get a wallscape done in two weeks? That's a great question. You know, I try to get out there as much as possible. You know, my job requires me to be at the computer a lot mm-hmm. and in meetings with clients a ton. But if I'm not, then I try to go out and I just say hi. How are you guys doing? Bring some granola bars. Laugh. Humor is kind of my medicine for everything in life. So just try to find ways to keep the spirits light. So as far as inspiring the painters, I just try to get to know them as much as possible, especially in 2020 when things are really difficult. I put myself out there and said, listen, I want to talk to everybody for 15 minutes. If you want to talk to me, no pressure, right? And I had a sign-up sheet. And those 15-minute meetings turn into an hour each because you know, people want to be heard. So I think, honestly, I want to flip it and say, like, they inspire me. Yeah. So every time I talk to them, I'm inspired to help this company grow. So that this career for these artists is here forever and always. And that's the honest answer. I think, I don't know if I inspire anybody. I do the best I can. I hope I do. But I'm inspired to take care of them as much as possible. What's the longest tenure of one of your painters in the back? Oh, long time. Oh, God, I wish I knew off the top of my head. Well, definitely we have some painters that have been here for day one. So I know 17 years for sure. And then, but there's industry icons, legends. There's this guy, Steve Sanchez, who's paints for us freelance, but he's been in the industry for, for decades. And I know our entire team really respects him and honors him. And it's really beautiful to just see people dedicate their whole life to this trade. Yeah. And you're giving artists the ability to show off. And oftentimes that doesn't happen if someone doesn't walk into a gallery or, or doesn't stumble upon their work. And every day it's probably different for them, right? Like, I mean, they're oh, getting, sure. they're getting all sorts of ads coming in. What's been the biggest challenge at Colossal? Oh, gosh. What challenge is? <laughs> yeah, it depends on the day. I would, I would honestly say, like, I got a pretty tough skin, so not that many things phase me at this point in my life. But I'd say the one challenge is not enough painters. Yeah. So we turn away millions of dollars of money every year <laughs> because we don't have enough capacity to paint all of our walls. And mm-hmm. we've recognized that fact but i honestly i don't think we've done anything about it until this year where we're just kind of like it is what it is but i um i've said to the founders for me to grow this business i needed an aggressive hiring plan yeah. and so we we recently literally three weeks ago hired a very seasoned recruiter to be under our roof full time to focus on recruiting painters yeah right and so we really want to educate the u.s and beyond that they can have a very lucrative career under our roof and we need to do a way better job at painter recruitment. And we talk about the impacts of leadership. You could potentially have taken a kid that maybe is headed down the wrong path, graffiti and walls and bridges, and maybe he's extremely talented at it. But now you're saying like, hey, come on in, let us teach you this. You already have the passion for it and and have some skill, but hey, you can have a career here, you can make money. And again, I guess coming from a family of creative people, that's the other that's the coolest part of the company. It totally is. You know, I talk again about my dad is like, he went to college for design for magazines mm-hmm. and he took a job at a magazine. He was drawing sketches and he quit and he took over my grandfather's junkyard in Brooklyn because he didn't want to wear a suit. So he's like, there's no room for me in the arts. Either I'm going to make no money or I have to go work in corporate America behind the scenes drawing sketches. And he would have been the perfect colossal employee. You know, he's got the grit, the hustle, he likes to be out there. He, he loves to see his art come to life. But 
if more people know that this is a career path, I have all faith in the world that this company is going to grow beyond what we even imagine mm-hmm. because we'll be able to paint more walls throughout the world. So again, I kind of geek out about Colossal. I actually have both books that Kelly's sent me. One of them still smells like paint, which I love. And people, Yeah, we do that. We oh, have them trick. Oh, that's intentional. No, I'm just kidding. But that would be brilliant. I thought about it. I was like, <laughs> man, did they soak this paper in paint? But, yeah, we're going to look into that for next year. That's a great idea. You know, flipping through that book and just knowing the company. I mean, the whole company is just full of cool people. But one of the cool things that my boss, Ross Riley, always talks about when he was flipping through the magazine, he was like, I got to get me one of these Colossal trucks. What's the, tell the story behind these trucks. That's awesome that he noticed that. Okay. So this is like major props to Paul, one of the founders, right? He started and maybe I'm, I'm not completely getting the story straight, but watching it quietly for years, he just started branding them and making them fun and cool and creative and quirky so that when they were out there in the field, people were like, what's going on? Again, another piece of our success, Ian, is like, we, in the beginning, didn't focus on making a lot of friends in out of home proper, right? We try to make a lot of friends with the world. So we worked on our personal brand. Yeah. And so the trucks were part of our personal brand. They're awesome. And so we continue to brand the trucks so that they're really fun. My personal favorite is, and we'll put a link in the show notes to, okay, to the cool. image of this, but the three-legged elephant, that looks like a beast. To wrap up, what excites you most about the future of Colossal and where it's headed and your direction? I think what excites me the most is, you know, our commitment to the craft and the trade. And again, back to growing the paint team, right? So I want to grow the paint team, not only because it's going to help us grow the company, which is necessary. We're a for-profit company, but because I get like really, really excited walking around and seeing them out there and knowing that again, that we are supporting artists and creating a trade where they can make money and have time off and work for a corporation and have an amazing life. So I'm most excited to see what happens with our new recruiter hire and our VP of people and Liam, who's our SVP, newly promoted of production, to see what they're going to do this year as far as meeting these recruitment goals. And I'm also excited about going into other markets, right? So we've won the game in Brooklyn, obviously. We make a ton of money in Brooklyn. It's our backyard, but people want to see us other places. I will not tease out the market because there may be competitors listening because now we fight for the same walls. You know, Lamar wants a wall, Colossal wants a wall. We're big enough where we can afford those bigger units and maybe we couldn't in the beginning, but I'm excited to grow the paint team. I'm excited about new markets. I'm excited about growing the creative studios, which again could be a whole nother podcast because I think we could service the entire industry. There's no reason why we can't. Mm-hmm where we can help design the creative across all channels from digital to paint and help the industry as a whole grow. And you guys throw the most epic Halloween parties ever. Sure do, my friend. I know. Again, I don't don't know when the hell we're going to have another one given the COVID world, but it was back to just building our brand. Like we didn't want to throw a client event, like been there, done that. I get it. That works for some, but we wanted to do something special. So we would have those events and obviously invite our clients, but then just invite the whole neighborhood, which got kind of crazy. Oh, I bet. <laughs> you got to so, be careful throwing a party post COVID once we're out of all oh, this. Oh, we sure do. Cause that's oh, like I know. pent up demand of people just, I can't imagine going to like a Vegas club in the next no. six months. It's probably just, yeah, they're, yeah. they're going to be raging. I'm going to stay away for a little bit. <laughs> Let people exactly. get out of their system. <laughs> exactly. I hope our listeners can feel the energy that you always bring. Again, we've worked together for quite some time, but it's always been 
every time I see you at a conference, you're the first person that I like run up to and hug because you're just such a great person. I'm proud of you. I hope everyone listening, not just females, but everyone listening understands the path and hard work, passion, being fierce, and then just being a good human. And that's Kelly Peppers and who she is as a human and what she brings to the industry. So I greatly appreciate you and greatly appreciate your time, Ms. Kelly. Thank you, Ian. That was some of the kindest words anyone has ever said to me. So honestly, thank you. I'm, I, it's a pleasure to be here. And hopefully we entertain some people listening. For sure. Have a great one. You too. Be soon. Digital and Dirt is brought to you by Lamar Advertising. To learn more, check out the links in the description or go to lamar.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Spotify, Apple, or other platforms where podcasts are found. Thanks for listening.